Welcome to Head to Girl Pod, a podcast where sharing what I wish I knew earlier helps us get out of our heads, take up space, and breathe just a little bit easier. I'm your host, Jennifer, and that's what all ease. And in this episode, we're talking about mothers. This weekend was Mother's Day, so I got a pedicure. <laughs> I'm not a mom, but I think that's my new tradition. I did it last year, too thinking if my mom was alive and we were like the lovey-dovey mother-daughter type of relationship, I would take her out for a day of pampering on Mother's Day. Wow, this year will make it 30 years since my mom died. And yet Mother's Day still feels weird. I usually feel like I'm wandering aimless. I don't know why I feel guilty about it though, like I should be over it by now, but I'm not. I feel like I'm analyzing dates and ages and old photos all the time, especially around this holiday. She was 19 when she was pregnant with me, and she died three weeks after her 28th birthday. Oh, and me, I'm turning 38 next month. Yes, being 10 years older than my mother feels weird. I have this book. I read it years ago. It's called Motherless Daughters by Hope Edelman. And I was just flipping through the pages recently again because I love flipping through old books to see what I underlined and highlighted back then. And it's wild to me that you think you're the only one who feels a certain way and then read something or hear someone else describe what they go through. And it's like, oh, yeah, me too. The book talks about how some motherless daughters might subconsciously avoid or have trouble with deep relationships because the fear of more loss is too much. Or how some have this realization that no one can tell them about their history like their mom could. No stories about their first you know, things like your mom would know, your first words, your first steps, your first whatever. And it can feel like you're always trying to piece together where you came from. For me, for a while, I wanted to find out why my mom named me Jennifer, but specifically why Jennifer with all ease. No one knew. But because women are great investigators when we want to be, I figured it out. I'm the first child in my family and in my extended family born here in the States, as in I'm the oldest cousin. And I looked it up. Jennifer was the most popular girl's name around the time I was born, which is why I know so many other Jennifers. So that's probably it. When you're in a new land, do as the locals. But I'm sure she probably liked the name too, I guess. And the all ease, yeah, that's a mistake. <laughs> Human error while spelling my name on paperwork. See, I found a photo of my mom standing in front of the refrigerator and on the refrigerator in magnet letters, my name is spelled out and it's Jennifer with an I. So my feelings about my name being a mistake, that's a whole nother episode. I actually have it in my brain. I know exactly how I feel about it. Um, but that's another episode. 
I should open up my own private eye agency. You got questions, I'll get answers. <laughs> Anyways, the book also talks about some motherless daughters finding mother substitutes. I don't think I ever did that. Yes, I've had providers in my life, but not like a mommy substitute. But like I mentioned last week's episode, I think often authority figures, especially in professional settings, just became that expectation to me in some small way. Like I didn't substitute them as a mom, but I think deep down I kind of expected a little mothering. <laughs> so I've never had a male supervisor at work, only women. And the supervisors I think I've gotten along the best with are the ones who had children my age. So naturally they gave off that mother vibe. Concerned if I wasn't feeling well, or they were my biggest cheerleaders when I did something great at work or in life in general. Of course, anybody would get along with that type of boss, but if I'm honest, it's a little mother substituting happening for me, I'm sure. If my mom was alive, maybe she wouldn't be the person I've imagined her to be. But since she's gone, I can pretend. I can pretend she would be the comforting type, the cheerleader of any and all of my goals, a great listener and great advice giver, and also sends me amazing care packages just because she loves me type of mom. You know, like TV sitcom moms. That's the thing. I was so young when she passed that I think TV moms really did start to define what mothers were supposed to be like. So maybe that's why I think all of that. But in reality, I know she'd be a regular person with flaws and maybe even get on my nerves like regular moms do. So it's a balance of the two when I think of her. Fairy tale and possible reality. I was eight years old when she died. So I don't remember her personality or her voice or have any real concrete memories of her. Some little ones here and there, but nothing significant. In the book, I did underline a sentence I thought was interesting now looking back. It said that this woman would go through her mom's stuff, hoping to find a goodbye letter that her mom never wrote. Honestly, I think that's why it doesn't feel like I've let it go or why Mother's Day still feels weird sometimes. I don't think I ever felt like there was a goodbye either. Which is actually annoying because my mom knew she was dying. So there could have been a note or a video or a conversation or something, but there was nothing. And in my culture, not talking about sad things makes everything better not <laughs> but that's what it was death funeral on saturday go back to school on monday like nothing happened so while i don't remember my mom and i don't mourn her as a person i think i do need to find a way to feel closure about the loss even if it is 30 years later i don't think a pedicure on mother's day is enough but it's a start a start to reframing the day as something to look forward to 
something specific to do, not aimless or wandering on that day. But also we'll start to not having this mother substitute expectation of other people. Nobody's going to be able to do that for me. And if they don't, that shouldn't impact how I feel about them. So yeah, that's what I wish I knew earlier. Everyone's mom's story is different. Close or distant, alive or gone, that relationship is your first. And it impacts the relationships with yourself and with others. And hopefully, now you know it sooner. Well, that's it for our episode today. Thanks so much for listening in. Be sure to follow. And if you haven't already, find me on Instagram at HeadyGirlPod to say hi, send in a question, or share something you wish you knew earlier. Until next time, I hope you find many moments to breathe deep and take up space. Bye.